Hi, and welcome to The Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. The Hingham Cast is hyper-local, looking at the pandemic, politics, and everything in between through the lens of one small town, my town, here on Boston South Shore. But the issues we explore are universal, like what we eat, how it's made, and how we break bread together. In this episode, we're ready to rumble with some hardcore meat eaters and a plant-based apostle. Hi! How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Do you mind driving? I'm a terrible driver. I don't mind driving. Excellent. Ben Cutler and I are heading into Cambridge to check out a new restaurant from Hingham native Pat McCauley. You're going to go straight on Sturrow. It's been a while since either of us have commuted in, and my backseat driving doesn't help. Sorry. See this? Yeah. You shouldn't listen. I just, I told you. Uh, I know, but you seemed very certain. Why that I, would you listen to me? I, you know what? I never will again. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. About anything. Ouch. Well, let's see what he thinks of today. We make it to Kendall Square relatively unscathed. Hi, guys. Hingham cast producer Kristen Keefe is already at the restaurant chatting with Morel Presley. I'll let him introduce sure. himself. I'm Morel Presley, owner operator of Morel's Barbecue. I operate out of Hingham. I specialize in brisket, pulled pork, beef burgers. I'm just a real meat eater, and I love to eat. My name is Ben Cutler. I am owner of XR Barbecue, which is Crossroads Barbecue. We're a sauce company. We're not uh, so much the actual barbecue itself, but the sauces that bring them to life. I'm really excited to, I don't know, excited, nervous, um, curious. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not sure. Not sure because Ben and Morell are the two biggest carnivores in my Hingham Rolodex, and we've asked them to test the concept behind Macaulay's new plant pub. Along with a stellar collection of craft beer, the six-week-old restaurant serves familiar pub fare that is completely plant-based. What's looking good for you? All of it. Uh, I'm definitely interested in trying a burger. Definitely have to try the chicken as well. And I think we got to try some of that barbecue pulled pork. I need to taste yeah. what some creation of pulled pork made from plants tastes and look like. Yeah, totally. That's, that's going to be a big one for me. Nothing on the menu is animal-sourced. No meat, seafood, eggs, dairy. The burgers are either veggie or impossible burgers. The fried chicken, or as we say in my house, the fried ficken sandwich, is tofu-based. Even the cheese on the nachos is made of potatoes and carrots, and they make their own queso. Everything down to the design of the pub, which was really busy the day we went, is meant to knock down barriers between vegans, vegetarians, and so-called typical meat-eaters. So we don't, we don't use bright colors or like Buddhas or health food, anything like we're really trying to appeal to the average, the average Bostonian male. Yeah, that looks pretty melty and delicious. Beside Macaulay at the helm is famed local chef Mary Dumont. Go, it's our barbecue guac burger with fresh pulled pork and ranch. And then this is our, our pulled pork. It's made of sweet potatoes and soy. She was at Cultivar in Boston, Harvest in Cambridge. She's an Iron Chef and Top Chef alum, and in 2014 was named Food & Wine's hottest new chef. Why does this kind of cooking matter to you? Because I feel like plant-based food really has an impact on our climate, uh, and our, on our longevity and our health, and it, it really is where we need to go as far as you know, saving the planet. It really has a big effect. So this is pizza station here, then there's a fry station, and then there's like the sandwich station, which is the burgers, the chicken sandwiches, and things like that. So we chose pub and wanted to do this because it is a very familiar kind of food. Plant-based people and not plant-based people are actually friends in real life. (laughs) 
<laughs> we don't need to be going to different restaurants all the time. Ben Cutler is the perfect example of who they're trying to bring to the table. On our ride in, he explains why he's hesitant to embrace plant-based. You've got this item that theoretically tastes just like meat. And, and everybody says, wow, I mean, it really tastes that way. Well, how are you doing that if there's no meat? And so I get a little inquisitive, concerned, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. How do they do it and what kind of chemicals or what kind of anything has to get put in there to make it taste like that? And that's what I worry about. I like whole foods, you know? I think it's a common feeling and a common thought process. I don't know why anybody would be suspicious of that because you can make a carrot taste really meaty. You can make oats and you know wheat berries taste really meaty. All of the caramelization of onions and garlic and all of those things. I, I think people should be suspicious about food in general, but you know nothing is being really added into the food that's spooky or weird or isn't right. And what's the difference, you know, cooking someplace like Harvest and cooking here? What's the difference for you? Uh, not really. There's not really a whole, I mean, cooking is cooking, so there's not really a whole lot of difference there, but I would have to say, you know, is that I actually wasn't a plant-based chef prior to this. Yeah. I have that palate, more of a fresh palate, coming into, into this, and uh, now I'm, I'm plant-based myself, but all of those flavor memories are there and kind of the, the muscle memories, the flavor memories to do that. I mean, there's so many things, you know, molasses has that kind of irony flavor and you don't need it for the, for the sweetness. You know, there's Marmite, which is from Australia and that has a really, uh, you know, kind of that almost tastes like uh, Bordelais, you know. There's a lot of different things that, that are totally natural. Caramelization of onions and, and like I said before, it's, 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 there's so many ways to do it. You know, it really does mirror it. That people should ask questions. I know I'm not talking about climate change, I'm not talking about environmental impact or agriculture, things like that. Is it necessarily healthier for you? Like is the burger you're making, does it have less sodium or less fat or less all those other things? You know, when these things are created, they're, they're actually not meant to be necessarily healthier. If we want to be healthier, then have a veggie burger. Right. <laughs> so they are really similar as far as nutrition, nutritional factors. They want the same amount of fat and, and protein and, and all of those things. What it is, is it really, you know, you have, you're using, utilizing less water. You're impacting the environment differently. All of those things matter. And, you know, the, I think what people really always come back to is a grass-fed burger is more healthy than an impossible burger. Well, you know, God bless you that you can afford a grass-fed burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> only a certain amount of people can afford that. The majority of the meat that is going into American worldwide diets is not that. This is where, you know, these substitutes are coming in, and so it does make a difference. As Dumont and I talk, the carnivores are getting restless. Tummy's ready. <laughs> Tummy's ready. Chef heads out of the kitchen with two massive and beautiful burgers piled high. So this is the barbecue pulled pork burger. And we put this great plant-based cheddar on. And then this is our, our pulled pork. It's made of sweet potatoes and soy. Uh, and then we have a house-made barbecue sauce. This one has a little bit of slaw on it and this one has a little bit of lettuce on it. So you guys can try it two different ways. Awesome, this looks incredible. Mouth-watering. But before we dig into the food, we want to set the table a bit. We sat down with Macaulay recently, who's done a local TEDx talk on the transformation in his life, to hear the plant pub backstory. Check one, two, three, four. Check one, two. Check, check, check. Hi, Pat. Hey, Allie. So, Pat, bring me back a little bit. Tell me where you were 
so to speak, before you quit meat? I was um, brewing beer at, at Barrel House Z. I was a few years post-college football, and I just found myself in a place where I found it harder and harder to stay in the shape that I was typically in, which was very in-shape athletic guy. You were playing for Worcester Polytechnic Institute, right? WPI? Correct. Yep. Um, yeah. And I just, I wasn't feeling great looking to try something new. I knew like the answer couldn't be, um, working out more. Like all I did was work out like hours, Mm -hmm. hours a day. And I I just wasn't feeling good. So I, I opened myself up to kind of a new way of thinking. I recognized that all I had followed my Mm -hmm. entire life was this kind of high protein mentality to food. So yeah, I just found this guy on social media that I happened to follow that was big into green smoothies. Um, and I just decided to change my, mm. you know, eggs in the morning um, out for this green smoothie. And it was really, when I think back, it was the first time I had ever had a 100% raw whole plant food meal. Um, you know, all, all these greens and mm. um, fruits and um, and it was just this shot of goodness. And that was really the spark to experimenting. I just felt so much better and more energy and mm. more mental clarity. And I just wanted that feeling like all day long. If I ate something that made me feel as good as that smoothie, I kept it in my life. If I had something that brought back that old feeling of the eggs or kind of that lethargic feeling that I had in the past, I just eliminated it. You know, a few months later, I was 100% plant-based. It wasn't like a thing where I was trying to go plant-based or trying to go vegan. I just ended up there. And then Mm. a few months later, you know, things that I had had since a small kid started going away, like asthma, allergies, you know, things growing up in Hingham, bringing my inhaler to football practice. Um, you know, all these things that I had all my life um, started to go go away. And I remember a couple months in going out for a run and I, and I f- truly felt like I could breathe for the first time. Mm. Um, and, and that was really like my aha moment when all these things went away and all these things that doctors told me I just had to live with the, the rest of my life and manage with, you know, pills and creams and inhalers and all this. And um after that experience, I just wanted to learn more. I wanted to dive into, you know, food as a as a healing modality and, and learn why nobody ever gave me this option. All the people I trusted from coaches, nutritionists, um, everybody, why didn't they give me this option to take back control over my health? And I just hmm. realized that we have so much more control over our health and life than we think we do. And, you know, diet and lifestyle is the number one cause of healthy years lost on earth. Yeah. Um, And I just don't think people realize how important it is. So, you know, when you say that asthma went away, what do you mean? Like you haven't had an asthma attack that whole time? Yeah, I just, I just no longer have it. I mean, asthma is an inflammatory illness. It's, it's inflammation of your lungs. Mm -hmm. And... Um, when you start eating, you know, anti-inflammatory foods and foods that I believe are are meant for the human body. This feels like a good spot to pause and thank our media partners at the Hingham Anchor. All news is local. Find more community news at HinghamAnchor.com. Okay, let's check in on Morell and Ben. They're hunkered down with two towering impossible burgers sitting in front of them. I'm going to pick out, trust me. 
I'm a big guy, and I went to the gym at 5 o'clock this morning, and I didn't eat anything. It looks like meat inside. Well, it's very messy, but that's usually a good sign. You guys are going to need some rackets today. A bib. Do you have a bib? Yeah, exactly. Really good. You got a good crunch. I love the crunch. Messy and good. Toasted bun. It's really good. It's made from sweet potato? Sweet potato and soy. Yeah. It has, like, the chew of meat. Surprise! Alright, it's good. I would definitely order this again. It tastes like a burger, man. I mean, everything they've done to this burger is absolutely delicious. Looks just like meat. And the things I'm nervous about taste like meat and good. No, it's awesome. And it's juicy. I like a burger that has stuff on it. I'm, uh, I would definitely be back to get this burger. And I bring my wife. Look at Moreau bringing more people under the tent. We'll eat some more coming up and get the carnivores' reviews. Not everything was for them. But first, let's touch back in with Macaulay and hear how the pandemic pushed the original plans for their restaurant out the window. So you were knee-deep in launching Plant Pub, I mean, just about to sign a lease on a bigger space, as I understand it, when COVID hit. What were your original plans, and then how did you have to pivot? Yeah, so we were going to sign like a big, close to 5,000 square foot, this big beer hall in, in Central Square um, in Cambridge. Um, and luckily, our partner, who lives in Europe and is Italian, when everything was happening kind of before the U.S. and Italy, mm. uh, we kind of got wind of that from him. Um, and luckily, he advised us not to sign anything. Mm -hmm. and that's why we landed on a much smaller footprint uh, space where we are now in Kendall Square. And yeah, and it, it's worked out great. I don't think we can be happier with how it's been so far. And are you planning to open a second space? Yes. Kind of big beer hall bar type atmosphere. Um, and that will be in Boston as well. I can't say uh, much more than that at the moment, but definitely coming. All right. All right. That's fair. So, I mean, you're obviously betting big on the plant-based food industry and Every year, the Plant-Based Food Association and the Good Food Institute, those are the two main groups that advocate for meat and dairy alternatives, um, they publish a report looking at how plant-based foods do in grocery stores. So their latest one, looking at 2020 sales, had figures showing that retail sales of plant-based foods grew by 27% more than the total retail food market. You have to temper that a little bit. It was COVID and people were you know, kind of shopping in grocery stores more than they were going out. But you also have to temper it because the baseline is pretty low. Um, despite the growth, more than 99% of the meat we eat in the U.S. still comes from animals. I mean, I think we're seeing some really interesting things in terms of restaurants. We're seeing high-end New York City restaurants go vegan, a lot more vegan or vegetarian options in Traditional meat hotspots like sports stadiums and ballparks, like Fenway has vegan dogs, a portobello sandwich, Gillette has a vegan burger and veggie burrito. What is that pull, do you think, of putting more vegan and vegetarian menu items in more kind of mass access kinds of places? Yeah, I think especially the 30 and below uh, consumer that have really grown up with you know, climate change and um, the impact of what they buy as a consumer at kind of the forefront um, of their lives. And they want to 
know the impact of, of what they're purchasing. And, mm. you know, we use over 80% of farmable land in the world is used for animal agriculture, but it only produces 18% of calories for humans. So, mm. you know, we spend all this land resources, food on feeding animals so we can eat the animal, all for food that does not promote human health. You know, what are we doing? Why are we, you know, destroying the planet and harming ourselves for, you know, food that we don't need? Mm. It, it has to be the future where we run out of land, we run out of water, and we, we keep going kind of deeper into, um, you know, a bad spot with climate change. So it, it's, a, it's kind of this force that has to take place. But you're right, you know, despite Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat and all these startups being billion-dollar companies they still make up less than 1% of the entire meat industry in the world. So, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I read a New York Times article recently, and they were talking about, um, you know, as you mentioned, Beyond and Impossible and firms like that, um, There's a, or companies like that. There's a firm called Sustainalytics, and they rate the sustainability of companies based on their environmental um, and other impacts. But, you know, one of the things they said is that, you know, the biggies in plant-based foods, they're not disclosing, they're not being as transparent as they could be, perhaps, um, in terms of the greenhouse gas emissions that they emit through their operations, like supply chains or, you know, things. They don't, you know, they don't disclose the effects that their operations have on forests or how much water they use. And those companies will say, well, the measurement is tricky for companies like ours. It's not accounting for all the good we do for the planet. So there's some pushback there. But it, it would be interesting to you know, kind of pull back the curtain on emissions and effect on climate change for, for both industries, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. But I mean, good luck getting into uh, a slaughterhouse or actually seeing where like all that comes from. I mean, that's one of the, in my opinion, one of the shadiest industries in the world. You You get arrested for showing up at the door of a slaughterhouse, you know, you can knock on the front door at Impossible Foods and they'll let you in and you can you know, see the operation. Mm. Although I agree, there's probably things that they should do a better job of, of, of detailing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick break here. We're not done, but I want to thank Morel and Ben for their generosity of time and appetites. Don't forget to support local this holiday season. Morel does catering and can bring his barbecue food truck right to you. No fuss, no muss. Get all his information at morels-barbecue.com. Morels is M-O-R-R-E-L-L-S. And XR Barbecue Sauce makes a fabulous local food gift for anyone on your list. Pick some up at Ralph's Wine Merchant or find Boston locations or how to connect with Ben at xrbarbecue.com. xrbbq.com. Okay, let's check back in on the menu. Macaulay brings out a plant-based buffalo chicken pizza. The white sauce is that? That's a ranch. It's a ranch, all right, yep. perfect. Very flavorful. It's really good. Tastes like chicken. The dough is made of what? The dough is just organic it's flour. It's organic flour? Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome. Oh, it's nice and crunchy, a soft crunch. The flavor on this is outstanding, this is. right? Yeah, it is, really good. And the chicken tastes like chicken. So what's the chicken made of? So that is actually the same as the barbecue that was on the burger, sweet potato. but we, but we uh, marinated differently. The sweet potato and so on. Yep. Well, yeah. Great job on this. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yes. very good. I would definitely eat that again. On purpose. <laughs>
The buffalo cauliflower wings were a huge hit too, but the name threw us all off. You call these wings? We call them wings. We call them buffalo They're not even close to wings, right? They're cauliflower wings. Mm, this is a, delicious. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for this to taste a little like chicken, but it's really, it's delicious. It's straight up cauliflower. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another name debate, this time on the chicken. This is our fried chicken sandwich. This is the, the regular with ranch, and this is the um, buffalo with ranch. It's tofu formed into a triangular-like patty and fried. It has the look of the chicken. I heard the crunch. I liked it, and so did my oldest, who I brought it home to, but it wasn't as much of a home run for the guys. I'm not as blown away by the chicken version of it here than I was by the uh, burger version. I can kind of taste the mouthfeel immediately different. But it's good. I mean, the flavors, by the way, you know, we got the pickle, we got the, um, is that ranch on here? I wouldn't, I would know the difference. Would I order that? I probably wouldn't. Okay, fair enough. Different strokes, different folks. Let's leave them to try even more food, if you can imagine. And coming up, they'll break down their favorites of the day. But first, let's find out where Macaulay thinks the best plant-based options are on the South Shore. So, you know, I have a vegetarian, not a vegan daughter, but we go out to eat a lot. And I feel bad for her a lot at restaurants. Her options are either heavy pasta, salad, or, you know, kind of cobbling together a bunch of side dishes to to get what she would like to eat. There are definitely some great dishes on the South Shore. I mean, the Beyond Bolognese at Stars is a huge hit. Burton has good options, the range. But, you know, you live on the South Shore. Where do you like to go or what? where would you push people toward to, to discover good vegan and vegetarian options? Yeah, that's a, honestly a great question. And I like rarely go Anywhere on the South Shore, I, w- I wish that was not the case. If there's one place that, mm. like, I go, it's the Green Light in downtown Hingham, um, you know, for smoothies mm-hmm. and salads and kind of quick eats. But you're right, there isn't mm-hmm. anywhere. I have had a Beyond Burger at Stars before. But other than that, you know, I, I think I've gotten so used to like eating my own thing and then <laughs> <laughs> meeting uh, family and, and, and I'll have a, a beer or, or a drink or something with everybody. But yeah, there there really isn't, in my opinion, and I salute stars and um, I have got like the, the cauliflower at, at Burton's. Oh, it's so good. But you're right. Um, and I think that's a problem that needs to be solved and, and hopefully I can help solve it. Excellent. Excellent. Can I just have one more piece of cauliflower before we one move on? More All right. Let's wrap up these carnivores. To refresh, Morel and Ben had cauliflower wings, barbecue pizza, nachos with queso and chili, fried chicken sandwiches, and of course, the two massive burgers. The fried cauliflower is dynamite. Dynamite. My mouth is like hot and singy, but not bad. Not Do you like have too a much. favorite thing so far? So far? It's sort of a tough question. Like, favorite, because they're all different categories? I don't know. I. Super blown away by the burger. Um, that was awesome. Not expecting. Also super blown away by the chicken on the pizza. And the pizza is good. Like it's not, oh, the chicken tricked me. The whole thing is delicious. You can tell this is food that's cooked with love. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yay! Yep, cooked with love. <laughs> and drop the mic. The men said another bonus of the meal was no food hangover, no blech. They felt good, even after that massive meal. 
So if you want to check out Plant Pub, it's right in Kendall Square near the movie theater. It's plantpub.com. And in a few weeks, an outdoor ice rink opens across the street. You can rent skates, take lessons, even rent the whole rink for 200 bucks an hour. It's not tied to Plant Pub, but go make a day of it and look for a Boston Plant Pub location by next summer. One final thank you to Morell of Morell's Barbecue and Ben Cutler of XR Barbecue. Kristen Keefe is my fabulous podcasting partner in crime. Our website was designed by Donna Mavramatis and her team at Mavro Creative. I'm Ellie Donnelly. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.